This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Coming up on this show, Nick has his say on the WBA. What's Fraser Quendo doing <laughs> these days? You know, I've just seen him actually. He's, he works in Subway at the bottom of our streets. I've just got a, a foot long off him yesterday. <laughs> He's available. <laughs> Unbelievable. Come on. If you thought that was bonkers, guess what Mike Tyson's doing next? Floyd's involved, we should hold your boy. Chris Brown needs a trainer. Do you want to get involved with it? Mike Tyson's response was, yeah, man, let's fuck that soldier boy up, <laughs> right? So Mike Tyson is now training Chris Brown. This is all rumoured to be happening in March. Adrian Brown is involved in some way, share performers, like the promoter. It's, meant, it's just crazy. And we try to paint the picture of what the audience will look like at Bellew versus Hay, now that Derry Matthews and O'Hara Davis is also on that bill. You know what Liverpool's like for getting dressed up and those towie fellas are like, so it could be an absolute wash of fake beef, tans. Bubble perms. Exactly, yeah, you know, it, it could be quite insane. Sweepovers going. Yeah, exactly. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode 65 of the Fight Disciples podcast. You may have noticed in your feed today that you've not got one, but you've got two special shows. The reason for that is because some um, radio bosses have heard what we've been doing and they've said, hey guys, come to us and do a radio show for us. They're not even American. I don't even know why I've done that crap accent. Do you uh, want me to do it? Do you want me to do what? Go on. I, you know, it probably makes more relevance for me to do it. Go on then. Alright lads, we love what you're doing, you know what I mean? So any chance you can do a radio show for us? like? That's it. That's exactly what happened. Um, so Radio City in Liverpool Um Every Tuesday night on the talk station, 6.30 till 7.30, we do um, a Liverpool-centric boxing show. But we understand that other people might want to listen about some of those Liverpool fighters, the likes of David Price, Derry Matthews, Callum Smith, all those type of fighters. So we put it in there as an upload. Now, if you're not a scouser, you might not want to listen to it, but I encourage you to do so because it's kind of similar to what you're listening to right now. Um, but it's more Liverpool-based. Don't worry, I'm not doing a Scouse accent or anything. Nick does all that for us. But there are a lot of Scousers that come and chat to us, i.e. Price is on this week, uh, Derry Matthews is on this week. So if you see it in your little feed, subscribing, definitely have a listen to it. It's well worth a listen. Um, We'll get to Price in a minute because the chat that we had with him was dead interesting. I'm I'm really excited about uh, seeing him back in action on ITV. But before we go any further, um, you never answered my question, by the way. Price, he didn't. No, you, you didn't. You didn't answer my question. Go on. What, what do you mean, go on? What question? The biggest, the most important question that I've asked you over the last week. What is it? You're dumbfounded, aren't you? You can't, you can't think. I've got no idea. What are you doing at the end of the month? Oh. Right. It's Nick's yeah. birthday at the end of the month, right? It's a yeah. significant birthday. He's having a bit it's of a, a do. Milestone, yeah. He's a, he's a milestone birthday. He's having a proper do, right? So, first of all, he knows full well, the little scoundrel, that I don't really use Facebook. I only use it as an admin account to run our Fight Disciples thing. So, he sends me this invite on Facebook, yeah? <laughs> Knowing full well that I'm not going to see it. Just in case then I missed the party and he goes, I invited you, mate. I invited you. It was on Facebook, yeah? <laughs> Obviously, his missus has said, Have you invited Adam? Right? And then he's got, yeah, I've done it via Facebook. Yeah, but he doesn't use Facebook. Send him a WhatsApp. So he sends me this WhatsApp, inviting me to his party, which is coming up at the end of the month. Thank you very much for the invite. The question that I throws back at him, right? Because this is, I think for the majority of people, there's a stipulation when it comes to a party. If you're going to go to someone's do, especially a big milestone, it's not enough just to celebrate the milestone. It's not enough to come and have a drink. You've got to make sure that there's a buffet on, haven't you? You've got to make sure that there's scran. 
So you never answered the question. I said, I'll come if there's a buffet, and you just laughed at me. <laughs> is, there, is there food on? Are you doing a do? What are you doing? Are you doing a spread? Listen, this is this is not deepest, darkest black bean now. You know, we're, we're not going to save up volivants and uh, Why know, not? a pineapple with cheese chunks. Egg mayonnaise and crest, mate, on, on finger sandwiches. I want all that. Yeah, you've got to have a pineapple uh, and cheese on a hedgehog. You've you'll, got to have one of them. You'll get fed. Let's just say you'll get fed. But it's a bit more highbrow than the old... Uh, I don't want to make it. Nick, come on, sunshine. I'm not doing, I'm not doing the old... Uh, Pine peas. Pine peas, no, no. <laughs> or chicken curry and rice. That's a, that's a staple yes. at most Scouse family parties. A, yes. a good old chicken curry. That's or it. Or a pan of Scouse, even. That's it, yeah. But uh, no, you won't get anything like that. Mm. Have you got any um, reservations? Have you got any uh, trepidation about the big four zero? Yeah, well, my only big fear really is is my mother getting let loose in the pub and uh, you know putting up all pictures on the walls and all yeah, that man. paper. I hate all that. She's going to do it. I know she will. That's the problem, but. It's uh, it's it, you know, it's a quaint thing. Close family and friends, a, a mere hundred and eighty guests. So you know, nothing, <laughs> nothing too bonkers. In your local boozer, you've taken in my over, local, yeah. yeah. My local, my local, believe it or not, is actually on Penny Lane. It's the Dovetail Towers on Penny Lane. Yeah. I'm not revealing the date because I don't want thousands of people there. But uh, but yeah, that will be the venue. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I can't wait a little bit. Got some live music planned. Yeah. Got a few little bits and bobs. Are you doing a bit yourself? Are you doing a turn? Mrs. is going to surprise me with a nice cake, apparently. Getting a special cake done. Really? Yeah, special cake. All right, yeah. Can't wait. Looking forward uh, to it, mate. It's going to be a good one, yeah. It's going to be a late one. Well, thanks for the invite. I can't Is that is that (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, is that an RSVP? You coming or... Right, okay. (laughs) No, right. That date... I can't tell you. We can't talk about the date now, can we? Because you no, don't no. want to give the date away. No, no, not really. No. Because we'll just a... give the venue away. Yeah, so yeah, don't yeah. Give the date away. Because there's other stuff going on on that. Well, I'm not going to talk about it then. I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, but yeah. I'll be there. Is, is the answer to your question, mate? I'm sacrificing other things. I will be there. Good lad. All right, mate. Yeah. Mm. Shall we talk about Pricey? Because we just uh, had a little bit of a catch up with him uh, for our radio program, which again is available for people. If you subscribe to this, you, you get that show for free. Go and have a little bit of a listen to it. He sounded in great spirits. It's been announced uh, that he's going to be fighting uh, Christian Hammer on the uh, Eubank undercard February the 4th. Big one for Pricey, this. Big, big display here, big knockout display. Something goes viral, uh, and he's right in that mix. Yeah, and you know what? Obviously, David Place. I've known him for a long time. Known him since he was a schoolboy boxer. Never mind, uh, never even mind the senior. So, and I've always believed in David Place. You know, and I, and I know a lot of people in the country now, and a lot of our listeners as well will be laughing at that. But I've believed in this guy from day one. And you know, we we've had him on this show before. He was our first ever guest yeah, on this man. show. And he come on. He said, "Yeah, you know what? Pfft, I haven't got the best chin in heavyweight boxing. That's a fact." Go and listen to that show, by the way. It's, it's still a there. Show, isn't it? uh, yeah, episode one of the Fight Disciples podcast. Go and listen to it. One, he's hilarious, and two, he's dead honest. Go and have a listen to it. Yeah, but he, he, in that show, he told us all about it. He said, "Listen, I haven't got the best. I haven't got the best chin in the heavyweight division, but I'm six nine. I'm twenty stone. I hit like a freight train. And when the opportunity comes, I'll be ready. And listen, the, the problem with Pricey, and, and, he, and he goes on to say this in the show that we did yesterday, is that he's a nice guy. He's a gentleman." Mm. You know, and, and everyone knows him as a gentleman as well. You know, he, he's been he's been brought up the right way, and he's took that into his, his sport and career. You can't do. We talk about this all the time, Adam, don't we? You can't be a nice guy in the fight game, especially heavyweight boxing. You can't be a gentleman in the fight game, and you can't worry about who likes it or who doesn't like it. Or you've just got to do what's best for you. If you're a young boxer or whatever, call everyone out. This is our bugbear, isn't it? That mm. People don't want to call people out because they don't upset anyone. Who cares? Who cares if you upset every other person in your weight division or the weight division above? It doesn't matter. You know, we're, we're gonna, 
talk about it, I'm sure. O'Hara Davis has just got the biggest fight of his career by calling out Derry Matthews on social media. Now he's going to fight Derry Matthews, and that's the biggest name he's ever fought. I, I'm not going to now dump on O'Hara Davis for doing that because he did the right thing. Yeah. And David Price has got to be the same. I like, since he's got with Dave Caldwell, he's rubbing shoulders now with Tony Bellew every day, who he's known for years anyway, the mates anyway. We're seeing it. It was David Price who was calling out Anthony Joshua a few weeks ago, if you remember. Yeah. David Price come out and said, oh, well, I knocked Anthony Joshua out in sparring. What do you think about that? I should be fighting him now. And the whole country, we were all saying, oh, yeah, let's see that fight. Let's see Price against Anthony Joshua. Instead, of course, Anthony Joshua, Team Joshua, chose Molina, which was an easier fight. Honestly, once Pricey gets himself in a position, if he big win over Christian Hammer, you know this guy's got already got the WBO European belt wrapped around his waist. If Pricey can do a number on this Hammer guy, then he's projecting himself into the top ten in a lot of these rankum governing bodies. If Pricey can get himself in the right the right fight at the right time this year, do not be surprised if he ends the year with a world title shot. Let's hear from him because on that about getting nastier in the ring, outside the ring, all that type of stuff, all the Anthony Joshua stuff, um, the Josie Parker stuff. Pricey spoke to us about it. Here's a little clip from uh, our conversation with David Price this week. Yeah, gotta 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 be gotta get a bit nasty. See, the thing is, look, uh, over over the years, I've always had the gentleman's approach and being a bit old-fashioned with boxing. And I am outside the ring, you know, away from boxing. But mm. at the end of the day, I don't need to be anyone's mate who, who, who's a fellow boxer. You know, yeah. when we're retired, we can we might see each other and say hello and everything else. But the reality is, I'm not going to be mates with any any uh, other heavyweight boxers, bar and Tony Bellew, let's say, for instance. We will yeah. mates with anyway. But other than that, don't need to be nice to these people uh, exactly. if, uh, if we're going to be literally trying to take food out of each other. I was going to say, they're taking bread off your table, aren't they? That's so. it. So, so I've got to get in there and get, and get a bit a bit nasty about the job, which is the intention. I mean, the prospect of fighting David Price, the, the gentleman, the nice fella and everything else, is probably a bit less daunting than a more menacing Six foot nine, twenty stone giants in the in the opposite <laughs> side of the corner. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's got to be taken into account. And like you say, after the fight, then then you can shake hands and everything else. But you know, these these people they they are not they are not part of my life, and I just need to do what's best for me and my family. And if that means getting becoming a bit of a bastard in the ring, yeah. then do it. You know, exactly. You can listen to Pricey in full via the other upload. Just have a little bit of a nosy for our Radio City talk show that went out on Tuesday night, uh, the 9th of January, and price it in full. I think it's about 15, 16 minutes. We have a little bit of a chat with him about all different aspects of heavyweight boxing. It's all there. Go and have a little bit of a nosy. Um, speaking about calling people out and getting mad and getting yourself an opportunity, you will have seen this this week, Nick, um, our favourite on our social media, one of our social media mates, the champ, Shannon Briggs. Let's go, champ. He's the man, you know what I mean? Cool, champ. If, you, if you're going to shout your mouth off and get yourself into a situation by doing that, he is the epitome of it, isn't he? He's the man that, that, who sets the bench. Now, the WBA have excelled themselves by ordering uh, Shannon Briggs, 45 years of age, to box Fred Equando, mm-hmm. uh, 43 years of age, for the WBA regular heavyweight title. Can I just point out that Equando has not fought since July 2014. I know he's had legal proceedings. I know he's been fighting a, a court battle in order to get himself reinstated. Uh, but it was against Chagiev. He got beat in that fight. July 2014. That's a long. That's a long time, man. Nearly three years out of the out out of the ring, and then he gets straight back in for a regular title shot for the WBA. 
<laughs> what, what do you want me to say? WBA in it. It's mental. Pick, pick me up off the floor. What the hell is going on there? What are the WBA doing with that belt? No idea. It's absolutely ridiculous. Especially when the super belt is being contested by AJ and Klitschko later on in the year. Why, why are they even bothering with the belt? Just chuck the belt in the bin. It doesn't mean anything, just, does it? Ex- exactly. It's just, you know what? We know that's... I hate all this super belt stuff anyway, but this is absolutely ridiculous. This is not even <laughs> an interim world title fight, is it? Mm. How can a Quendo get a world title fight when he hasn't won a fight since April 2014? You know, the fight's going to happen basically three years after his last win. Yeah. It's incredible. This type of stuff doesn't even happen in the UFC, which, as we know, sometimes you get these freak fights because at the end of the day, it's all about putting bums on seats and and gaining pay-per-view. People get opportunities there that they wouldn't get in boxing. But Fresa Quendo isn't going to sell millions of pay-per-view. I don't understand how financially that makes any sense whatsoever. Why would you even make it? Why? Who even put his name in the frame? I'd no love to have been at that WBA meeting where they went, right, okay, guys, so who are we going to have as our next heavyweight champion? Obviously, the Super yeah, 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 whatever. We've got Shannon Briggs here. Yeah. yeah. He's like 64 now, I think. Probably <laughs> mentally deranged. <laughs> who can we put him in against? Oh, God, our guy, he's failed a drug test. And what about, oh, no, he's a druggie as well. What about, yeah, he's on drugs. Okay. What's Fraser Quendo doing these days? <laughs> you know, I've just seen him actually. He's, he works in Subway at the bottom of our streets. I've just got a, a foot long off him yesterday. <laughs> He's available. <laughs> Unbelievable. Come on. Why have they not just chuck this belt in the bin? Because exactly. surely they, they, they've got to align everything, haven't they? They've got to have one champion per division, surely, at some point. They've got to get rid of that because I'm led to believe that the winner of AJ Klitschko will be fighting Luis Ortiz, which could provo- provide a little bit of a problem for Eddie Hearn, could provide, because he's the WBA number one. Why is he not involved in this? If they're, if they're ranking him as WBA number one challenger, why is he not fighting for their regular belt? Exactly. That, that That's a, a, a great shout, and that's the obvious solution, is put the guy who's actually legitimately your number one contender in with Shannon Briggs, who basically has talked himself into this fight, let's be honest. Mm. you know that, that would make perfect sense. I, I just... It, I just don't know what's going on with the WBA right now, but it seems to be kind of right across boxing. I don't know what you, whether they've got a new president or whatever, but that that belt is seriously losing any credibility. Any credibility it used to have, obviously, it used to be the big, the big three: WBC, the IBF, and the WBA. They they were the big three belts, but the WBA these days, come on, when they when they're doing stuff like this, when they're pulling tricks like this. It's only a matter of time before people just start casting them away. I'm 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 gonna make a prediction for 2017. I reckon the WBA might sanction Soldier Boy versus Chris Brown. I reckon they yeah. might sanction that fight. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen all this nonsense that's been going around for that? I seen Soldier Boy get his phone robbed off him, which was class. Yeah, see that right. bit? I seen that video. But for people that don't know what's going on with this, this is this is mental, right? So Soldier Boy, this is the hip hop world, right? These, these are rappers. They're not fighters. These are rappers. Well, kind of rappers. Soldier Boy, Chris Brown, they've had a bit of beef. They've had a bit of a, a, a falling out of a, a girl whose name I can't really pronounce. But then I found out that the actual falling out happened a few years ago over Rihanna. Do you remember when Chris Brown gave her a good hiding and it were all over the internet and all this type of stuff? Well, Soldier Boy's a mate and he fell out with him and all this type of stuff. Rightfully so. Why has he done this? All this type of stuff. So anyway, 
Floyd Mayweather's got involved. Of course Floyd's got involved. He sees a, he sees a few quid, doesn't he? He's thinking yeah. to himself, we can make a few quid here. Soldier boy, come here, sunshine. I'll train you how to be a fighter. We'll get ourselves a fight with uh, Chris Brown. We'll make a few quid. Yeah, all right, no worries. So Soldier Boy and Floyd Mayweather are best busy mates. Now, everybody knows about the previous beef between Floyd Mayweather and 50 Cent. Allegedly, the mates again now, but 50 Cent still fancies throwing his hat into the ring. So 50 Cent has taken the side of Chris Brown. Do you know what he's done? He's for Mike Tyson. This is, this is Hollywood fucking nuts, right? He's for Mike Tyson and said, Mike, Floyd's involved with Soldier Boy. Chris Brown needs a trainer. Do you want to get involved with it? Mike Tyson's response was, yeah, man, let's fuck that soldier boy up, <laughs> right? So Mike Tyson is now training Chris Brown. This is all rumoured to be happening in March. Adrian Braun is involved in some way, share performers, like the promoter. It's meant, it's just crazy. The WBA are going to sanction this. They're going to chuck a belt on it, 100%. There's going to be like a super featherweight belt going around from the WBA, no, no question. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. The way they're going at the moment. Pay-per-view that, mate, in America. They're talking about pay-per-view. They, they are. They're, 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 no, seriously, they are. They're trying to make that a pay-per-view fight. You can have Ricky Gervais fight the winner. Oh, mate, mental. Anyway, there you go. I just thought I'd chuck that in there because that's one of the uh, amusing stories uh, from the world of boxing. Uh, keep your eye on it. It's not. They've not got a proper date yet sanctioned for it. March is when uh, the rumours are. Chris Brown versus Soldier Boy. Fuck you now. <laughs> You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Other big news from the world of boxing. Um, this week was the return of Jorge Linares. We're a big fan of his. He's back in Manchester to take on Anthony Crawler in part two of their escapade. March 25th is when this is going to be happening. Um, I'm delighted for Anthony. I think he deserved the rematch. A lot of people slagging it. When I when I put it all on social media after we've heard the news that Crawler Renard, uh, Linares part two was going to be made, a lot of people slagging it. Said, I saw enough first time round. He got totally outclassed. No need to see this again. It's absolutely ridiculous. But I thought that Anthony was well in that fight until the last three rounds, really. And then three, three to four rounds when Jorge Linares put his foot down and, and, and ran away with it a little bit and took everybody by surprise, let's be honest. Because um, I didn't think he, he had that engine in him. I think, yeah. I think Anthony earned the right for a rematch, especially with him being the previous champion. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. You know, I think it's a it, it's great that Eddie Hearn's got it. Um, it just shows you what a draw that Anthony Crawler is, though, as well. You know, mm. I think a lot of people are kind of upset about it. But listen, there's only the only reason Linares has taken this fight is because he's getting paid more for this fight than he would fighting anybody else. Mm. So Anthony Crawler is still clearly a draw in in the lightweight division. So that's why he's coming back to defend the belt. You know, did I think obviously Linares won the first fight, and as you say, down a stretch, he, he ended up winning it convincingly. But I'm in. I want to see the rematch. I want to see Anthony Crawler have a second shot at this guy. This guy's the best lightweight on the planet. No ifs and buts. So. The way Anthony Crawler went about his business after what he went through, you know, when he was in hospital and it looked like he'd never box again for a short period of time, and to come back and to win the world title the way he did, and then to perform the way he did, and then to you know jump in against Linares, you know, it was just incredible. You know, the kid dared to be great, which is a, a phrase we love to use on mm. the show. He, he dared to be great, and he deserves every opportunity to get back in there with Linares. Again, kudos to Eddie Hearn for making this one happen. That's all I think. No, looking forward to it. March 25th, Manchester, Linares, Crawler, part two. Um, what do you make of one of Crawler's old adversaries and a good mate of yours, a real good pal of yours, Derry Matthews, who, again, we spoke to on our radio show. Go and check it out. It's all there, our full conversation with Derry. He's stepping up in weight. He's going from lightweight to super lightweight to take on O'Hara Davis. You mentioned it slightly earlier on. This is happening on the uh, Bell You Wonder card um, on March the 4th. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a Scouse invasion at Ota Arena on March the 4th, isn't it? It's going to be weird. It's going to be like 
half of Liverpool in one side of the O2 Arena, hmm. and then like the cast of Towie on the opposite <laughs> side of the O2 Arena. You know, because that's who O'Hara Davis and David Hay like to knock about with, isn't it? All, mm. all, all, all the goons off Towie. So it'd be an, in- an interesting. <laughs> you know what? You know what Liverpool's like for getting dressed up, and those Towie fellas are like. So it could be an absolute wash of fake beef. Tans bubble and, pens exactly yeah you know it, it could be quite insane sweepovers going yeah, exactly like a fashion show yeah You're phenomenal but you know what this is what Derry's all about isn't he you know at the end of the day when he when he lost to Luke Campbell you know Luke finished him with some incredible body shots let's be honest and, and, we, and we thought then what's Derry got left to achieve I've, I've said this before you know I've known Derry for a long time and covered this game around Merseyside Boxing for an awful long time as well Denny Matthews is one of the most successful professional boxers Liverpool has ever produced. What he's done in his career, the way he turned his career around, it's been an absolute roller coaster. It's been an absolute pleasure to cover his career. But this is what he's all about. You know, I, I honestly think after Luke Campbell lost, had an opportunity like this not come up, we probably wouldn't have seen Daddy fight again. Yeah. I don't think we would have seen he certainly wouldn't have gone back down to, to British title level. But what Daddy's told us yesterday uh, is this is an opportunity for him. Eddie uh, O'Hara Davis calls Derry out. Weird, you know, kind of unusual. Come from left field, calling out a, a veteran from the weight division below. But then I'm not going to kick at O'Hara Davis for that because I, I, I like that. We want people to call people out. Mm. He wants a bigger scalp on his record. Derry's definitely a big, the biggest scalp on his record if he can get the win. But Derry sees this as a, as a route to a, you know... It, a Terence Crawford. Terence Crawford's WBC number one in the super lightweight division. Pound for pound, a lot of people's number one on the planet. Certainly top three, top five on the planet. These are the golden dollars. This is the the money fight. Okay, Derry Matthews may not get a Terence Crawford, but if he beats O'Hara Davis with his experience and with his you know his knowledge of the game, that puts Derry Matthews right back in the mix for a world title fight at super lightweight, and that's what is inspiring him at his age. After all the fights that he's had, you know what's Derry had? Probably about fifty odd fights. Fifty one, I think he's had now. Yeah. This is the this is what's going to inspire him to go away and work hard. And as he told us yesterday, he, he was laughing and joking, saying, "Oh, Harry Davis, who is he?" I had to Google him and stuff like. That. Derry Matthews has taken himself to LA. He's going to train at the Wildcard Gym with Freddie Roach. He's going with the Conlon brothers. He'll be sparring them every day probably sparring Manny Pacquiao out there, he is not taking this opportunity lightly. You know, Denny Matthews, he will see O'Hara Davis as his route back to a world title fight. So I'll tell you now, O'Hara Davis better be careful what he wish for. Let's take a little bit of a listen to that. You can hear the full conversation uh, with me, Nick, and Derry Matthews um, on our other upload from our radio show, from Radio City Talk. But here's him just chatting a little bit about being called out by O'Hara Davis. To be honest, I'd never heard of him. No. <laughs> and I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'd never heard of him. And then all out of the blue, he just started bad-mouthing me. And I was like, who are you? I had to check him on, obviously checked him on uh, on Google. And he came up and I was like, wow, wow. And, um, and I think he just showed a bit of disrespect. And I think even half of London on fight night are going to be on my side. Mate, massively. A lot of, a lot of people I've spoke to, he just do not like the kid. And I don't know whether he's got a chip on his shoulder or what. And, one minute he's talking about he's had a tough life in, on the London streets. Next minute he's hanging out at Tower Stars. So, as I stated, does he want to be calling on as like he's a London gangster or does he want to be an actor? He doesn't know what he is. He's an he's idiot. I just think he wants to be famous. And even this week, he's called, he said that um, he didn't know Crawford was or something like that. Crawford's the best fighter in the world. Jeez. And he disrespected him and... It's just, it's just daft. Honestly, it's, it's daft. And 
I can't wait to smash his face in. I was going to say, he's, t- he's talked himself into trouble now, though, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's talked, himself, he's talked himself into this fight, and now there's no going back. Yeah. He's asked for this fight. Eddie Ernst delivered it. You know, he, and that's why I, I, I sent him a little tweet today. Do not pull out this fight. Do not pull out this fight, because you look like a coward. And, yeah. You know, well, he's, I'm, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be ready. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now, the big one this weekend, of course, which kicks off 2017, is the unification of the super middleweight division. We're both dead excited about it uh, because James DeGale has a real opportunity. Real opportunity. George Groves had a shot at Badu Jack and he came up short. What a little bit of bragging rights this could be for James DeGale if he manages to pull off the unification of the WBC division and the IBF division uh, when it comes to the super middleweight weight class. Taking on Badu Jack uh, in New York City as well. It's got a little bit of razzmatazz about this because Floyd Mayweather's involved. He's the man behind uh, Badu Jack. There's a little bit of uh, stardust being sprinkled on this. This is a real coming-of-edge fight. Yes, I know that James DeGale is the world champion. I know he is. And I know that he's beaten some decent dudes in there. You've got your uh, yeah, Durrell, you've got your Lucien Butte. But he's still, as you've mentioned, Nick, you've said this many, many times on our show, he's not that guy that you take to, he's not that guy in your, the crossover guy into the mainstream. We, we're, we're not celebrating him as we should be celebrating a super middleweight champion of the world. This weekend, it could all change for him. Mm-hmm. It could, yeah, because it doesn't get any bigger than this. This is as big as it gets. This is as big as, as boxing possibly gets. You know, a, a big event like this, massive uh, opportunity to, to really show yourself in, in for the American market, which, as we know, is just so lucrative. Uh, two, the two world title belts on the line, WBC and the IBF belts. You know, th- this is truly for all the marbles. This is truly to prove who is the number one super middleweight on the planet. You know, James DeGale's had his knockers over the years, and he, and he's a tough guy to relate to, isn't he? I think that's the problem with James DeGale. Yeah. Uh, he's a tough guy to, to break down. You know, he, he seems like his personality is quite inhibited, and he doesn't really let us in. Uh, and, he, and, he, and it's tough to engage with him as well. I don't I don't know anyone that's kind of interacts with James DeGale and then come away and gone, oh, he's a great lad, him. You know, he, he just doesn't give that much away. Uh, and I think that's why he's suffered over here and why he's basically had to take his, his career on the road. Again, not a bad thing, you know. That that's how you make serious money is by is fighting over in America. So, you know, it, it that's certainly not going to hold him back. But when he does, uh, personally, I think he doesn't. He he will beat Badu Jack this weekend. I think he's got the the ring smarts to do it. Do I think? I don't think it's going to be the most entertaining fight. But then again, what James the Gale fight is, you mm. know, it, it the 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 thing with James the Gale is he's got all that ability in the world. But now he's kind of at this level. He, he seems to win rounds easy. And then give rounds away, and then win rounds easy again to finish the fight. You know that's kind of been the pattern of his career since he's got a world title level. It's not what gets us super excited, is it? To be honest with you, I can't wait to see the fight, but I'll be watching it with my Cheerios on Sunday morning. Mm. I won't be staying up to the early hours to watch a James the Gale fight, which is crazy. This guy's a gold medalist. He's, a, he's, the, he's the undisputed world champion. He's the WBC champion, uh, the IBF champion. Sorry, we should be getting as British fight fans. We should be super excited yeah. to see this event you know this, this should really be firing us all up we should be organising parties getting mates around getting beers in all that kind of stuff as but, we would do for Ricky Atten against Mayweather for ex- example exactly you know but or even or even Frampton you know Frampton yeah absolutely like, yeah. oh yeah Frampton's on get all the boys around and stuff but it's James DeGale and you're kind of like yeah you know I'll, I'll bang that on record and I'll avoid my phone in the morning and I'll watch it when I first get up 
unfortunately that's what James DeGale is all about. He needs to change that. And the way he changes that, for me, is this weekend he, he goes at Badu Jack and he looks for the finish, which is something that I don't think James has done too much of late. I think we need to try and see him. He needs to put his foot down on the gas a little bit more. I know he's at a completely different level now. You know, your, your, your likes of your Medinas and Boutes and your Durrells, yeah, they're going to stand up to a little bit more weather than, than the people he fought early in his career. I get that. But he's got the ability, James DeGale. He can finish fights. And to be honest, Badu Jack's a dangerous guy. I was going to say... The, I, the longer the fight I, goes, you're keeping a guy in there that can mm. bang. I was going to say, are a lot of people underestimating him? I think so. I they think seem as the British, weakest of the champions when it comes of, to sub-middleweight. And I think it's because George Groves pushed them so close as well. I think, yeah. you know, George well, George Groves, Groves should have won the fight. He should have won it. Exactly. I thought George Groves won the fight. I think a lot of British fans think George Groves won that fight, you know. And so... I think now we're kind of drawing those comparisons, and okay, I know George has got a win over over the Gale, but that's a hotly debated fight now. Who we think is going to win that one? Has Groves gone backwards a bit too far? Has James Gale moved forward? Well, this is the ultimate barometer. I think if he can do a number on Badu Jack this weekend, if he can get Badu Jack out of there inside the distance, that could really be the springboard to James yeah. Gale's career, both here and over in America as well. That's what the Americans want. They want they want to see finishers. No, I, I I couldn't agree more. I think it, it has been a little bit of a stroke of genius from James DeGale doing a lot of his business over in America because, as you said, after the George Groves thing, he didn't. I don't think he came out of it that well. There was a little bit of a spoiled spoiled boy, spoiled brat syndrome yeah. off the back of that fight, and people didn't really necessarily take too kindly to it. I think he's I think he's grafted quite a lot actually recently in order to try and change that perception. I've seen, I've seen him do interviews like with his mum around and and yeah. various things like that, and you kind of think to yourself. All right, yeah, cool. I can see that. Okay, there's a lot of fighters that are mummy's boys and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm feeling that. But it's, I, for me, still slightly tainted from maybe two or three years ago. Now at the weekend, there's a real opportunity. No matter what happens, for him to really kick on, yeah, in this particular division and, and start to and start to and start to because his talents there, man. We, we, you can't deny his talent. I mean, like you say, he's an Olympic gold medalist for crying out loud. I, I just hope that he does the business. This weekend, he does it in a really classy, beautiful, exciting way, and then that sets up something with Callum Smith, which we're all excited about. Everybody wants to see James DeGale, Callum Smith. That's what we want to see. Yeah, Badu Jack, Callum Smith. Of course, I'm, I still want to see it, but I'm preferring James DeGale. That's the one it's, that I it's want. It's not a, you know, that, that's the go- the golden world in these days, uh, increasingly so in British boxing is because British boxing's doing so well. Is Callum Smith versus Badu Jack's not a pay per view fight. It's a great fight. It's a massive fight. Hopefully, it's a fight that can happen. In Liverpool, from a personal point of view, yeah, but it's not a pay-per-view fight. But Callum Smith against James DeGale is a pay-per-view fight. That's a pay-per-view. That's a potential Wembley O2 Arena. That's that's how big that fight is. That engages the entire country. That gets us all involved. And I think you're right. That point about James DeGale and stuff. You know, I read a great piece in the Times. Gareth A. Davis this week had, had spoken. Yeah. A good friend of ours. Spoke to James, but actually most of the interview was talking about James's mum yeah. and saying that they, they actually call him, uh, was it, what was his nickname? I think the family have got a nickname for him. Instead of DeGale, it's DeGold or something like that. <laughs> and they say during fight camp and in the run-up to a fight, he's horrible. He, he's, he, he's so self-centred, he becomes obnoxious, he goes into himself. A lot of fighters do that. A lot of fighters yeah. need to do that to get themselves mentally ready. But it's good that they've, they're kind of letting that family element out now. They're letting yeah. his mum come out and speak and go, yeah, 
he's my James, he's my son, Yeah, he's a mummy's boy, I do everything for him, she runs his fan club apparently, does all his nutrition, does everything for him, and, and that's what, they're, they're the stories we want. Of course it is, yeah. You know, we want to know The human stories. Exactly, yeah. we want to know what James the Gale's all about as a person, because yeah. we're that used to seeing him quite, uh, quite, you know... Closed off, really, yeah, away from us. He just like, doesn't open up to us, does he? He doesn't no. open up to the media, and he certainly doesn't open up to the fans, and that's why we haven't really taken him to our mm. hearts. But, you know, these kind of interviews with his with his mum and everything else, this is what we want. And as I say, a big performance this weekend, you know, get him as a big kiss for his mum in the ring afterwards and stuff. That's what we want. We want to see the, the human side of it. And then, oh, next summer, mate, late spring, early summer, Callum Smith versus James DeGale. That's the one I want to see. No, absolutely. On the undercard, by the way, for DeGale at the weekend. We both believe that DeGale uh, will come through at the weekend against Badu Jack. Fingers crossed that happens. On the undercard, there's a beautiful fight. Not a lot of people will have heard of uh, Javonta Davis. Oh, yeah. I kind of like this dude, right? Because yeah, yeah. he reminds me quite a lot. I know this is going right out there, but he reminds me a lot of Tyson. Just the way that he goes about fighting. He gets right on on the inside. Yeah. He chucks hooks for fun, uppercuts. He's dirty, man. He gets in there and he chucks it around for fun. He's got a real test on his hands this weekend, mainly because we're familiar with Jose Pedraza mm-hmm. and uh, his escapades with Swifty. Now, yeah. this is for the super featherweight title that obviously Pedraza holds. If Davis can get on the inside of that sniper Pedraza's unbelievable jab, which Swifty sadly couldn't do when he had his opportunity... I think this title is going to change hands because Javonta Davis, he is a brute. He is, yeah, and he's a baby as well. Mm. He's a baby, you know. I think he's. A, I think he's a Brooklyn resident as well. It's his home fight. I think it's. This, well, exactly. He's th- the, this he's is the, his thing. He's a local ticket seller. You see, you know, that's that's why he's on the bill kind of thing. But he's a, he's a he's a shooting star. This kid, you know, he's a. If you've not seen him before, he's a very hand, heavy-handed little southpaw. As, as Adam said, he, he rolls in and he just lets them shots go. He's only 22. He's an absolute baby, but you know he's had 16 pro fights, 15 knockouts. He's certainly in this world title shot against Pedraza, but as Pedraza showed us against Swifty Smith, yeah, he, class. Know, he's a class act. He's an absolute class act, this guy. You know, so uh, that could be. We talked there about the Gale versus Badu Jack, and 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 basically the the fact that James's fights aren't generally. You know, edgier seat that exciting from throughout twelve rounds. This is the one. This is the one on the card where mm. you think, "Wow, this this is the one I would stay up for." To be honest with you, this is a stay up for a fight. This is the one that I'm probably going to watch first thing Sunday morning, and then I'll I'll build up to the gale because this is the one that that piques a lot of fans' interest. Because you know, Davis, it's all going well, knocking out. Uh, knocking out opponents and you run up to world title but when this is his first real mix at yeah. a, ta- a championship and a different style a real tough style to get on the inside of and if you yeah. can do that then we've got a fight on our hands exactly yeah you know but as we've seen as, as Swifty found yeah. out as well Pajaz has got a fantastic jab a fantastic jab so it's all going to be about timing but age 22 the kid's fast he can bang it's going to be a great fight you're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast so there you go. Thank you very much for listening to today's show. Well, I've, got, I've got one little mention for you as well, Adam, before we go, go on. before we sign off. I've got a surprise for you next week. Go I've on. I've got a surprise guest. We're going to get him. We're going to get him on the show. Really? Yeah. going to get him on the show. His name is Steve Ward. He's from Stanton Mill in the UK. And in a couple of weeks' time, he will make Guinness Book of Records history. He's going to America to fight and why is it going to give me, why is it going to make Guinness Book of Records history why is it getting in the Guinness Book of Records give me a clue 
Uh, clue is, it could never happen in this country because the British Boxing Border Control would never allow it. <laughs> is he... The... Is he an amateur? Is he has he had, ever had a fight before? He's never had a fight before. So he's never had a fight before, and he's fighting no. for a world title. No, he's not fighting for a world title. No, no, not in amateur or professional. No, he is. It's a professional fight. Okay, he's been licensed to fight. He's going over there to fight, and he will make history. Do you know his date of birth? Go on. Twelfth of August, nineteen fifty-six. Get lost. He's sixty-one. He's sixty. He's 60, yeah. He's, 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 he's going to be making his pro debut age... Oh, 61. He's going to be making his pro debut age 61 in America. That is Steve amazing. We'll get, him on, we'll get him on the show next week. We'll have a quick chat with him. We'll find out where his inspiration comes from. But pro debut at 61. Can you imagine it? Adam, there's hope for us yet, mate. There you go. That's next week's show. Make sure you tune in. We'll also have all the fallout for uh, James DeGale, Badu Jack, Javonta Davis, Jose Pedraza. We'll give you all the feedback uh, from, well, our thoughts uh, from New York City. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Make sure you come and join the conversation on social media throughout the course of the week at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe if you don't subscribe to the podcast because there's two shows today, not just this one. Go and subscribe. You get the other one for free as well. It's our new radio show, which is available in Liverpool every Tuesday night, 6.30 till 7.30, but we'll put it up as an upload every Wednesday for you to get stuck into. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.